Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. Today, I am joined by social media influencer and TikTok megastar, Griffin Johnson. Griffin rose to social media fame in the early stages of the pandemic after being founding member of Sway LA, a notoriously quote-unquote fratty TikTok collaboration <laughs> house comprising some of the most popular online boy stars, now complete grown men. Since then, Griffin's social media following has grown to over 13 million followers between TikTok and Instagram. And if you take all the other social media platforms out there, it's 15 million plus. He's now led various other career opportunities within acting, music, and the investing space. Today, we're going to do a deep dive into the world of TikTok, the ways that his life has changed for the better and maybe the worse since his rise <laughs> to fame and where he sees his career going from here. Griffin, thank you so much for being on Trading Secrets today. Thank you. Let's uh, get into the whole tickety-tockety world. Let's get into Good the tickety-tockety world. Now, I would say in general, just to like set the stage, my my audience is probably more of like the millennial crowd. So okay. what I got to do is I got to rep, rep, rep the millennials where right. there might be like yeah. confusion around the TikTok. So if I sound like a TikTok 101-er, that's why. That's right. Okay. But before we get into that, this is where I want to start. So 2020, before the pandemic, the research I did said that you were, <laughs> I had to read this three times because I just, you know, I see your image. I'm doing this read. I see your profiles, all your gear. <laughs> and I, you're a nursing student. Okay. I was, I was like, like, whoa, nursing student at <laughs> Indiana State University. Okay. Now on the show, we talk a lot about money. The average nurse in Indiana earns around 69K a year. Mm -hmm. So when you hear that, like that was the path you were on to making 69K <laughs> a year and where you are today, making the money you are now, like, what goes through your head? Oh, man. Well, I guess at that time, well, I wanted to do anesthesia. Okay. So I wanted to be CRNA. That's what my original goal was. So a little bit more cash, but still, you know, I grew up in a small town called Paris, Illinois. I think the last time I checked, it's like 8,000 people maybe. Okay. So really small. So, you know, the traditional nine to five, you go to college, you get your degree, you get the job. You know, anesthesia and nursing there is like, Pretty damn good. That's the spot. Like that, you know, like yeah. if you know, it's doctor, lawyer, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. So, you know, at that point I thought I was like doing really well for myself, like just had it all planned out. Never had any ambition to do social media, nothing like that. I was just uh I guess a common like farm boy, I guess. Interesting. That's what I would say. So if the kid <laughs> the kids in high school that your buddies with or that you were acquaintances with, they see where you are today. And you think to most of them, that's like a shock. They're like, wow, I, I never saw Griffin go in that direction. Yeah. You know, it's like weird because a lot of my buddies are also super like Midwest farm boys. Uh -huh. Like, you know, we didn't, we didn't do none of the, the social media stuff growing up. So I don't even, they kind of caught on over time. But when it first started, uh, a lot of my good buddies had no idea what was going on. Like they had no clue 
they're like TikTok. What is that? You know, we didn't use anything hardly except for maybe Snapchat, a little bit of Instagram. Once a year, you'd post something like, you know, a deer you shot or something. <laughs> you yeah. know, fish you caught. Yeah. So it was a weird. It was just a weird time. Like okay. I didn't. I didn't even really know what I was doing. I just wanted to make money. <laughs> okay, I love I love the honesty behind that. So you didn't know what you were doing. The golden question, especially for millennials that still some out there don't know TikTok. What did you do? Like what actually happened that you blew up? You know, I I didn't really put much effort or thought at first. Like I was just a kid sitting in class. I had a buddy. He always wanted me to model or do something. I would always refuse. I'm like, I'm not going to go take pictures. You know, like I was that guy that wouldn't even smile for a Christmas picture. So he said, get on TikTok. I'm like, what? What is that? You know, I was like, no, I don't want to. And then he's like, you can make money. And then I was like, because at the time, you know, I'm broke college kid, Mm -hmm. you know, get your beer money, whatever. So my first few videos were just me in class. And then one day, I put on my nursing scrubs because I was in class. I think it was a clinical day or something. Okay. And I posted a video. I think I was spinning a pencil between my fingers. To, that was it. And it just blew up. And I woke up the next day. I had like 20,000 followers or something. Did you like say anything or dance in this video? Or you literally no. were just spinning a pencil. I was literally <laughs> just spinning a pencil in class, looking up at my teacher, like, like messing around in class like anyone yeah. else would. And I just put on like a, I don't know, it was like a, at the time, TikTok wasn't what it was. Right? Sure. Like nobody, if you made TikToks, people were like, oh, that's cringy. Of course. You know, now yeah. everyone makes TikToks or at least watches it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just clicked a random sound and just put it on there and was like just figuring it out, I guess. Okay. So you blow up to 20,000. What mm-hmm. then creates the spiral to like get to the 500,000 million vibe? Right. So like I said, again, like a million followers on TikTok then was a lot more than it is now. Not saying it's not a lot, but like there wasn't, there was nobody on that, that 10 million followers. And I think that's a good, guys, stay tuned to the recap. We'll talk about the growth of TikTok. I'll break down the years and how many users they are. And I think to your point, if you had a million followers back in 2020, that is a huge percentage of the actual population using. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, at that point to get to a million followers, that was like the tippy top. Like that was like the top. Now it's like a hundred million. You know, you have people that have a hundred million followers on there. So yeah, whenever I started, I woke up, I had 20,000 or so followers. And at the time you could go live on there. Right. So like an Instagram live, whatever. Yeah. But people could donate to you. Gotcha. So I, I went live the next day, you know, just to see what would happen. And I made like 50 bucks. And that's because when you go live, people can like put the gifts and stuff. Yeah, so okay. all the girls came in, they're like, oh, nurse boy, this this and that. Like, oh my God, like, have my children, whatever they say. <laughs> and uh, they started donating me money. And I was like, shit, I'll bust a jiggy in the middle of my room for 50 bucks. So I I think I made like 50, 50 to 100 bucks my first one. And I'm okay. like, holy shit, I am rich. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, a lot of beer money at Indiana State University. That is a lot. <laughs> and then, so you make 50, 100 bucks. Tell me, you, you keep making videos, you keep growing your following. So when was like the next big moment? Like when you look back mm. at your career now, yep. you got 10 million plus. If you guys don't follow Griffin Johnson, go follow him. But you got 10 million plus now. You talked about the moment you blew up to 20, the moment you made 50, 100 bucks. What's that next big moment for mm-hmm. you in TikTok that you'll always remember in your career? Yeah, so this was crazy. This was like the ultimate pivot. So okay. the same guy that told me to get on TikTok, right? I think I started February of 
2019. And then by like April of that year, I had like 100,000 followers. So it was like pretty quick. Once I got that 20, it was like 20 to 100 was pretty fast. There was Playlist Live. I don't know if you ever heard of that. It's like this weird thing in Orlando where a bunch of, it was musically, now it's TikTok. Creators get together and the fans fly in. It's like a, it's like like VidCon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Same thing. And he's like, I'm taking you. His name is Chris Biddle. Great friend of mine. I have to shout him out. He's like, you're going. And I'm like, dude, no. Like, <laughs> like, uh, like that's weird. No. And he's like, no, I'm going to fly with you there. So he did. And uh, when I was there, it was like when I met everyone that's in our house now, basically. Okay. Except for Bryce, I think. And there was this guy. He basically went there to put together a tour for the summer, right? So he was going and picking like random guys okay. that were on the platform, like starting to blow up and like create a meet and greet tour. Sure. Like people ask me like, what do you do? It's like, you literally just were there standing and taking pictures <laughs> and people would line up. It was the craziest shit. But yeah, they would line up and just come take a picture with you. Then move on to the next guy. The next guy, the next guy. Okay. And that's when it changed. Cause I met, you know, most of the guys that were in our group there, except yeah, Bryce. And this is from the original group. We added people on, but the original group was Bryce Hall, Josh Richards, Jaden Hostler, Keo Sear, and me and Anthony Reeves. Okay. So that was the original like people in the house. And then we added in as we went. Gotcha. So in that, you getting into the Sway House was all a play on going to this play creators video con type event. Yeah. So when we went there, that's when we started this uh, tour, I guess. So right, we did that the summer of 2019. That's where we all met. And it was like, it was just one of those things that was meant to be. Yeah. And when he put all of us together, we just had the energy. We had the, it was just one of those things. It was, you, the vibe was there. Yeah. It was and like, you have the power between all you guys. Yeah. It was like putting together a, an expansion team, yeah. you know, for whatever the NBA and you just somehow put together a dream team. It was like the craziest thing. So when we came off of that, I was still in college going into my junior year. So I had a, a year and a semester left of college okay. and they're like, dude, you got to move to LA. So after that, that's whenever Sway started because the amount of hype we got from that tour, they Mm -hmm. wanted to keep it going. Okay. And that's when we all came together and we're like, we got to start a house. Okay. So let's talk a couple (laughs) bucks here. So before you meet these guys at the conference, you got about Uh 100,000 followers. By the way, this guy, Chris, that's a friend of yours. Yeah. I'm going to say you owe him at least 5% of all your earnings. This guy is influenced by this dude's house one day. Yeah. Okay. So he tells you to go down. On that trip, at that point, if you looked at your P&L, how much money do you think you had made from TikTok before you landed at that conference? Not much. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe 500 to a thousand bucks. Okay. So the 500,000 bucks, you then get picked to join the dream team. It's like yeah. the Backstreet Boys at TikTok over here. You then get <laughs> on there. When you, when they sign, like, it did, 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 did was, was that manager, was that Michael Gruen or no? The no, one who picked you. Okay. No, no, no. When they signed you for this tour, do they, do they take, how does it work? Do they like take certain percentage? Do they give you a guaranteed amount or do they just say, let's go see what we could do and we'll, we'll pay you based on how we do? Yeah. At that time I was what, just turned 20. I was like 19 or 20. I knew nothing about business. Like I said, I was a small town kid. My dad, you know, grew up working at the cereal mill. My mom's a nurse now, but growing up she wasn't. So you know, we didn't talk about business. I yeah. didn't know anything about financial literacy or anything. So I don't, really remember the deal. I just know that there was a, 
percentage of the tickets that you sold, like people that would say like, I'm going for Griffin. Sure. And then a percentage of like merch sales and stuff. So you'd have like, you know, your own merch there and you would get a percentage of the merch. Okay. So in that whole tour, how long is that tour that you did? So there was two phases, right? So okay. there's one and two. I think one was four or five stops. So that okay. was like a week and a half. And then the number two was like another week and a half. Gotcha. And if you had to take a, like a high level guess, how much do you think off those tours came back to your bank account? Hardly nothing because you didn't pay any of us. So that's where it got crazy. What? Yeah. It was like most people didn't get paid at all or like, actually I owed money. I'm lying. You so, owed money? So he actually... <laughs> Who is this shyst? <laughs> you know... I don't really know how it happened, but it was like for each of the hotels and everything we got, yeah. he ended up like expensing it to us. So he was like picking the nicest hotels and all this shit, you know, like I was there like, oh, I got gotcha. you. I'm like, dude, I'm the shit. It wasn't much money. It was like four or 500 bucks, I think that mm -hmm. I owed at the end. But yeah, now that I remember, I owed money. Okay. So what, <laughs> this is why this is actually, so this is the stuff that drives me nuts, right? Kid, he's got talent or looks or whatever. You, I mean, you could definitely twirl a pencil the right way. I was going to say, I don't know about talent. <laughs> Maybe not time. talent, but he's got, I mean, I've heard your music. It's pretty good. Uh, but then there's this shark that comes in and completely takes advantage of you. And then to anyone listening out there, I think what I'm taking away from this is he brought you guys on tour. He was managing the finances. He would pick like the four seasons or wherever the really nice places were. And then based on your income, he would deduct that expense from your income and Pretty then much. without really permission planning or anything like that i don't know who that guy is but i'm gonna go on the record saying fuck that guy very much <laughs> taking advantage of the situation so the holidays right think about a t-chart there's beautiful things with the holidays right family rejoice connection it's awesome then there's some things on the opposite side of that that are you know aren't so great right there's traveling there's airports long car rides crowded dining tables shopping you know how it goes. And actually, it's sometimes a really lonely time for some individuals. Now, for me, the biggest issue with the holidays is trouble sleeping. I don't sleep as well when I'm at mom and dad's house. I think it's because maybe the bed's a little smaller. But anyway, what I'll be doing and what I think you should consider doing especially when you're giving gifts to other people, is give a gift to yourself. It's Next Evo CBD. So for me, what I love about it is when I wake up in the middle of the night, I take a little Next Evo CBD and the absorption is next level. It's a beautiful thing. So Next Evo Smart Sorb technology delivers CBD to your system in as little as 10 minutes. And regular CBD only achieves 2 to 10% absorption. So over 90% of what you think you're getting goes to waste. Smart Sorb upgrades CBD's natural absorption power. It's scientifically formulated to deliver more CBD fast. The only brand clinically proven to deliver three times better absorption in the first 30 minutes. So Get smarter CBD from Next Evo Naturals and get up to 25% off subscription orders of $40 or more at nextevo.com slash podcast. Use promo code trading secrets. That's N-E-X-T-E-V-O.com slash podcast, and you'll put in promo code trading secrets, all lowercase, no space. So you go on tour, the kids tell you to go to LA. Now you're a junior in, in school. And you said the reason you got on TikTok initially, you said money. So did you drop out of school? And if so, how did you financially justify that decision? Right. So growing up, believe it or not, I was kind of like a, uh, a nerd, like goody two shoes kind of guy. So I actually got a full ride to college for academics. So, you know, for my parents and everything, they wouldn't have been able to pay for it. So that was huge. Full ride. Huh? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so, what, what would you have, did you have like a monster SAT or ACT score or something? Or just yeah, like, just like I don't know. I just I just walked the line. I guess I was valedictorian and like you're val- damn. Yeah. So yeah, what was your like overall GPA in high school? We didn't have weighted, so it was okay. just a straight up. Uh, we had actually a five. Okay, five five point was like the top. You top, get, and that's it what, wasn't weighted. Gotcha. And you had around a five Yeah, yeah, I had a five zero. Damn. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was a out of five, if I remember right. Okay. So yeah, so going in, I you know my parents were ecstatic. You know, no one in my family had finished college, so like, you know, it was a big thing. I think my mom was the only one. She ended up. I can't remember if she she's went back now, but at the time I think she had like maybe an associates, maybe not. I don't remember, but yeah, the first person to go four years, finish it. So to them it was like everything. You know, my dad was like he did better than me. You know, that's like kind of a thing. And uh, I didn't drop out. I ended up finishing online. Okay. So because I didn't want to pay back the money. Gotcha. So if I okay. if I dropped out, I would have had to pay back all of the money. Oh, the full ride. Money. Yeah. Oh shit. So right. I switched and did business online. Okay. Just got like a whatever business management degree or gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And uh so at that time it was whenever I left, my parents were pretty I don't even know the word, flabbergasted, I would say. Just the fact that I was leaving. I had a year and a half left. I already had um, you know, I was doing well, had good grades, all of the good stuff. So it was a weird it was weird for me, just yeah. from the way I grew up, you know, you didn't really, t- you know, stray from the, from the line very much. You know, gotcha. you kind of just grow up, you do your job, you do your work, you move on. Yeah. Based <laughs> on the, the picture you've painted of your family, I can imagine when you sit down at the dinner table saying, hey, mom, dad, I'm no longer going to be a nursing major at Indiana State oh. University. I'm going to move in with six guys that are 19, 20, they're all six foot two plus, <laughs> extremely good looking. And we're all going to live together and do dances online. And they're probably like, what the fuck? Dude, are, I remember, I didn't about? even tell them that because I was terrified. Yeah. I mean, my dad was, I was like, he's going to rip my head off. <laughs> so I just told him I'm moving to LA. That's I all mean, you said. Well, you know, of course they got pretty upset after that. So I probably talked more about it, but I just remember, I didn't say like, Hey, I'm doing this or that. I just said, I'm moving to LA. Okay. I'm, I'm 34 <laughs> now and I have financially, I've, I've been able to do pretty well. And even at this point in my life, if I said to mom, dad, I'm moving to LA, they'd be like, talk to me about the business case. Like what, what's the business case? Like how, where are you going to live? Cost of livings up, 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 you know, all that stuff. How are you justifying either to yourself or to your family, mm-hmm. the business case of, I can afford it. I will make money out there. Like what's, what's the thought process? Are they giving you guaranteed mm-hmm. money to go and live in the house? Like what was the business case for you to justify going? You know, our house was paid for. So we actually had a company, you know, a couple of guys that were paying for the house. So I didn't have to pay to live. So basically any money I made was like spending money. Okay. So the, was the company that paid you to live there? Was that Talent X? Yep. Okay. So guys, stay tuned in the recap. We'll talk more about Talent X and the, the talent management team behind that. So whatever money you make in there, then is your money. Yep. Did you have, you talked about 50, talked about hundred bucks, made up to a thousand. Do you remember the first moment you're in the house and you got a big paycheck? Um, we were pretty wild. So, you know, it took us, TikTok once again, wasn't what it was. So there wasn't a lot of ad spending. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, companies, you know, taking the chance here. They were just starting to dabble and understand what it was. So I remember my first time I made a bunch of money was a Trojan condom brand deal. 
<laughs> okay. And, and give think, me a timeline. Like when was this? How many uh, followers did you have at the time? I actually think that was before we started the house. Like okay. Right when we were like Just getting ready to, to go, go in. Okay. And they did like a sex education thing with my nursing stuff. It okay. made sense. And I think I got five grand. Five grand. And what'd you have to do? Post a video? It was like an Instagram post. Okay. And some Instagram stories, I think. And how many followers did you have on Instagram at the time? Around, roughly. Hundred K. Okay, hundred K. And what if just just curious, trading secret? What was the biggest tip you gave? Your tra your your Trojan sex education. What was the what was the biggest thing you said? Just wrap it up. Yeah, it was pretty much like you know, like one of those things like "Don't be silly, wrap your willy" kind of deals. And it was like a Trojan back to school sex education thing. Okay, I love it. All right, so five K. But then you're in the house. I would think you're in this you're in this house with like now the most influential TikTokers in the world. I'm thinking you guys are just raking in coin. Is that not the case? No, actually. So once again, we weren't very brand friendly, and it's made. But, 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 sorry to interrupt, but what do you mean by that? Well, you know, we were just wild. Like I don't know, it was like the jackass kind of like kind of like R-rated content. Like yeah, you PG know, it's like, you know, already. Disney, you know, people like that, that actually spend money, weren't going to spend money on us gotcha. because we were just, you know, we, we were really good at entertaining and not, and what came with that was a lot of just wild, crazy parties. You know, like I, I got drunk one night, lost a game of beer pong. And then I posted a video of me getting a lip tat, like, just like, we were just crazy, you know, like brands, a weren't really spending on TikTok yet. And if they were, they weren't going to spend it on us. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So how long did you live in the house for? Year? I think I lived in it for like nine months okay. to a year, somewhere in there. Okay. So let's go Sway House. Nine months. Estimate right now how much you think you made on the top line if you had to guess high level. When I walked out of there, probably around in my bank, 30 grand. 30 grand. Wow. So not much. Not much. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked by that. Okay. But it's also good to know that because it gives visibility to like maybe what some people do think. Like they, I think people just so automatically associate you're in the house with that big name in LA, rep Money. by a big company, millions and millions and millions of dollars. And that's the beauty of this show is you're really just giving transparency and honesty to the, to the name of the game. What, what, when was it that you moved out? February, March? Yeah, it was... I think, yeah, it was around that time. It was like nine months. Maybe I was in there for a year. It was like right around February, March, okay. I think. All right. So I have a quote here. You said it in a Newsweek article, and this was February 2021. Mm -hmm. It was social media fame doesn't really last that long. So I'm just using it right now to spin off into business and becoming an avid entrepreneur. Do you st Your social media has grown a lot even since that comment. Do you still stand by that statement? 1,000%. Okay. Yeah, one thousand percent. I uh, I pretty much became obsessed with you know the whole business behind you know like everything because I was realizing that people were paying me and I was kind of being their bitch and they were making more money than me and it's like you don't even have followers you're paying me and you're making more money than I am so like I said I was never financially literate but I wasn't a dummy so then I started picking up on it and I'm like I want to be the guy that's in the front. And behind. And what I mean by that is like figuring out ways that, you know, I can raise my own capital and invest or, you know, finding ways that I can create my own production company for movies or whatever it is that I do. I like to be in front and behind. I love that. When I got off the reality show, I was in the bachelor world, got off the show, built a following. And what I told people was the like, and when I would, when I was a CFO, 
or I'm sorry, when I was a banker, because I have a banker by trade for 10 years, I'd meet with CFOs. And the, the difference and the gap between what the CFO knew and what I knew was razor thin. So you're negotiating and working with someone who knows every single little thing about your product, service, <laughs> offering, and the competition. But then I get to this social media world and the difference between the sharks and the talent, the gap in the information they know is larger than literally the entire United States. It's, it's, it's night sick. and day. It's sick. And so then what happens is the sharks come in exactly what they do with you and they completely suck you dry, put you on tour, put these big expenses, and then you're paying them for the money they made, which is yep. just complete bullshit. That's when I started a talent agency myself. So I have a talent agency. It's, it's for talent, by talent, advised by talent. So it's like all the things that we have got screwed on, we're going to make sure don't happen right. to the talent to be on the front end and the back end, just like you said. When you got out of that house, what was the first big deal that you took or that you invested in? Whatever it is that you said, holy shit, maybe what was <laughs> happening in the Sway house isn't the reality because now my feet are on the ground. I'm doing it for myself. TikTok's blowing up. And like, what was that dollar amount? I'll tell you this. I remember the biggest deal that I lost in Sway. And this was like right whenever we started leaving was like, I think I had a $400,000 gaming deal with Facebook. Okay. And when they got arrested, it got pulled. So that's whenever we split. So that deal was on the table. I was like, holy shit. I'm about to make, you know, at the time I'm like, Half I'm going to be, bucks. <laughs> I'm gonna be fucking rich. <laughs> and so I remember that. I think the biggest deal I did coming out was, ooh, I have to think about it. I think I did a deal with the NBA. Oh, that's cool. So that was a big deal. That's pretty um, sick. And like, as soon as I left Sway, I made 1,000 times more money when I was out than whenever I was in. Why? Just the name around it and just how crazy. And, you know, we had the COVID party that shut down, the power and water in LA and just like all these big headlines of things that were crazy. And it just did not pan out very well. Interesting. So yeah. since you left the Sway house, everything has changed drastically for you mm -hmm. then. Yeah. Gotcha. What is so NBA? You said was one of your best deals. Facebook deal, you lose 400K, not even because something you did, but something yeah. someone else in the house did. <laughs> yeah. And that's the crazy like brand power. Like, even if it's Insane. not you, but you're tied to them, it still runs with you. That's wild. Okay. So then, what would you say is the best business move you have made? We, we got mm. NBA is your best deal, Facebook deal you lost. Since the Sway House, you're now on your own. Yeah. Now, now you got your following. You went through all the crazy things to do it. Thank God. <laughs> you it's got over. Ta tattoos on your <laughs> lips. You got, you know, you're running to conferences, doing boy band meet and greets, but without the band. Not even the talent. <laughs> Not even the yeah. talent. What was the best move you've made since then? And how did that financially pan out for you? Mm. I would say definitely VC fund. Oh, cool. Yeah. So let's see. This was, it's been not. I think two years now, time flies, but uh, we have an animal capital. So, you know, we ended up raising $10 million. That's where we started. We raised a little bit over, but we started with, you know, a bunch of people saying like, no way these kids can raise. Cause you know, Michael Gruen was who I was originally was working with on it yeah. and Josh Richards. So we were at the time 19, 21 and 22. And we told people we were going to raise, you know, 10 million bucks <laughs> from like big names and the business through in the VC world, everyone. So, you know, I remember eight months straight, I did at least eight hours, if not 12 hours straight of back-to-back -back calls for eight months to get that fun going. Wow. But I met, you know, dinners every night, like the whole shebang, every single day at dinner, like Monday through Sunday, the whole shebang. And I met so many people. 
I have so many, you know, great mentors, great connections that have taught me so much from that. You know, the money from the VC is mm-hmm. great and, you know, investing, I love it. But just the relationships I made from that have brought me so many deals and just, you know, so much money and so many great relationships and connections. That is so cool. So you start a VC fund. Guys, if you're confused at all what a VC fund is, stay tuned to the recap. I'll break down exactly what it is. Now you do venture deals. Before I wrap that up, have you had one big like success or big exit yet or one that's close? The only one I've really done is a magic spoon cereal. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. Oh, that's what do you remember what uh, stage? And I didn't you got sell in? all of it, but just part of it. It was we did a deal with them in like early like January or February of twenty twenty one, I think. Or maybe it was even twenty twenty. Somewhere around in there. But yeah, we we did a deal with them and part of our deal was equity. So I took some equity and so it's like of a just, blend of cash and equity. Yeah, it was like a little bit of amount of cash okay, and okay. equity. Gotcha. Um, so that one I sold a little bit of it recently, and that felt really good. That to like is, get a nice win off of something. Is that a six figure win or no? Right at it. Right at it. Yeah. That's and guys, Matt, again, recap Magic Spoon. I'm gonna talk all about it. Congratulations. That's really cool. Thank you. That is awesome. So things have changed a lot then since you got in the sway house. 50 to a thousand bucks. You walk out of the sway with 30,000. Now you got VC, you got equity and magic spoon, six figure payout. You go from making hundreds to, I mean, I'm making the assumption and that you can Google stuff online. It's always wrong. (laughs) You're a millionaire now. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, are we talking like capital in the bank? Are we talking like like just like your net worth? Yeah. Because I invest a lot of money too. So yeah, net worth for sure. Okay, that's amazing. I fucking love that. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's Thank huge. You. And the valedictorian too, like now you, you obviously have the mental capability and the like the, the wherewithal to have learned it. You just weren't taught it. Now you're taught it and, the, and all <laughs> momentum's behind By the you. way, I don't want to sound like an egotist. I, am, I was an idiot. I just put myself in the right place with the right people. And that's the smartest thing you can do. I'm yeah. not saying that I was a genius or anything crazy. A lot of luck in there. A little bit of just knowing where to be at the right time and putting myself there. I don't want to sound like... No, here, no I, want, I want... Just to clarify, just for understanding, the point I'm trying to make is we... And this is the whole thesis of the podcast. This is why we do it every day. We are not taught this shit in our curriculum at that all. we have to know. And guess what happens? Things like this happen... And you blow up and the result of that is other people who were taught it or did learn it are taking advantage Sharks. of you, period. Yep. Yep. And until you learn it, you're never going to be able to do well for yourself and others. And I think what's cool about the story is you learned it the hard way and now you're doing well for yourself and others. Like that's what, that's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, definitely learn the hard way. Like I said, just a small town kid grew up, you know, working in factories and shit. I had no idea what I was doing. So I learned a lot of things the hard way. That's good stuff. All right. <laughs> so then you trans, you, you become the, the millionaire in net worth from TikTok. You then transition. And I've been reading about the reacting career. So you just had a, a small show come out. It's a rom-com. I saw Diamonds in the Rough. Yeah. And you did an interview. And you were saying that, and Harry Jowsey was in this interview too. And you, we talked about him a little bit. But before the show, you said, I think a lot of it's, honestly, people are a little bit, I don't want to say jealous, but they really love to come down on people from TikTok because the careers are happening pretty quick. And this was in reference to a question you were asked about. You're getting a lot of like pushback because now you're starting as an actor and you're not an actor by trade and you didn't go to trade school. And that was your response. And so you have acted now. 
you've been in a movie based on that and what you heard the haters say <laughs> do you think the career of acting is something you can jump into or do you think it really does take like got to go to school mm. got to practice your trade what's your take on it now that you've done it option two and i think that some people are just naturally born to entertain they're really good on camera and i think even social media made me better on camera you know more familiar with the whole scene because you know it some people they've gone eight ten twelve years of trying to be an actor, an actress, and they've never, still never been on camera, then you get your first role and you're so nervous because the camera's there, you know? So it did help me out a lot with that. But you definitely have to work. And, you know, even now I've been working on it for two and a half years. Mm -hmm. uh, school, you know, I do auditions. Like, I just practice auditions. Like, sometimes I don't even submit them. I just do them to get on tape. And, you know, it takes a lot of work. Acting and being a great actor is almost soul-searching because it's deeper than just reading the words. Hmm. And for a long time, I guess, I never understood what it meant. Yeah. And it took me a long time to really learn and respect the industry. Got it. Um, You're putting in the work, though, which makes sense. All right, so we jumped into acting. Last thing about acting, do you see like 5, 10, 15 years from now, is this something you really, really want to pursue? Or is it a project in the time period you're currently in? Yeah, no, I love it. And it's more for the challenge. And I just I just love to entertain. Mm -hmm. And I and I realize that through social media that it's just something I really like to do. So I'm definitely gonna pursue it. All right. I want to get into the music industry. So okay. Spotify, Griffin Johnson, you got I think I saw you have two songs out there, right? Well, there one of them two. I got hacked. Oh shit. What and it wasn't even me. It was like someone hacked my Spotify. Okay. And I don't even know how to take it down. Like I just was like, screw it. All right. You just like let it rip. Okay. So, but the songs I saw out there, there's on average 20,631 monthly listeners. And then there's your most popular song, Convenient. I was bumping to that before you came in. Just <laughs> listened to the first time. A lot of emotion that one. Guys, go download it. 4.1 million streams. Is some, it? Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's really? what it says. 4.1 huh. million. Yeah. Good for you. Of that, like 4.1 million. Does Spotify, like how much, can you make money off music? Like, do you get paid for 4 million streams or no? I'm not very good at the music industry. I actually, that was just like a social media stunt a long time ago. I put that out for like, it was like, I guess sort of shits and gigs. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like want to be a musician. Okay. So I have like an old diss track, whatever. It's funny now, but uh, I've got paid zero dollars. Paid zero dollars so far. I don't know. Or there's some little shark taking it from you. I, I never. <laughs> so I'll just be transparent. I, the music industry is the most ruthless industry I have seen ever. Like I put that song out for shits and gigs. There was some deal we had with Talon X with Warner or whatever. And I remember like they sent me, basically sent me an email. It was like, either you give us all the money you've made from YouTube and all of that, or we're going to sue you. Like there was like no in between why though because they had you signed a record deal with them or something they like, had what, some what, can kind they, of, what basis can they sue you i don't know the exact deal some kind of exclusive deal where anyone at talent x that puts out music had to go through warner okay so i made the song with 303 God. so they helped me like kind of like put it together and like produce it and whatever you do with music mix it up and whatever and i just kind of put it out i was like one day i like woke up and i was like fuck it and i just posted it yeah and i didn't know that there was like anything all these there. ties and stuff and now i don't even know i've made zero dollars from. okay it. so you pretty much were just like take take the music i'm like go dude, have like, it i'm done making it i'm like <laughs> I, I just did this for like shits and gigs i'm not okay. trying to be you know famous for making music i just did it because 
Yeah. And they were just like, I mean, it was ruthless. <laughs> that music business, I agree with you. It's really tough. It's also extremely hard to monetize. Extremely hard. Yeah. Now, once you do, it's big. But even then, there's a lot of hands in the pocket. You made a comment right there. You said social media stunt. It was a social media stunt. Mm-hmm. It's someone that is often in the news for social media stuff and, and knowing a lot of guys that kind of run the girls that run the TikTok gamut. Is that something that people plan? Do you think people really strategize for social media stunts to increase engagement, get followers, stuff like that? I would say that it's a yes and no. Okay. I think that, and I this is like the whole heart of truth. People have asked me this before. Everything that we used to do, like none of it was set up. Like it was like a complete shit show. Like it was, that's why people loved it. It was like, you couldn't even make this shit up. The things that were happening, just like arrests and fights and breakups and like the whole shebang was just nuts. Like people dating girlfriends and they were like in the same house and like, just like craziness. Yeah. And it was real. And I think that the only thing that's ever really faked is the relationships. Okay. And like, they're not, it's like not true. It's all Fagazi. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it's all a bunch of attractive people. Sure. Young people, of course they want to, you know, whatever, yeah. hook up yeah. and do this shit. That's not fake. But like a lot of them, what's really driving on the inside is how many followers can I get from this and how much money can I make from this? Even though they probably don't ever say it. That's all in it. It's in the back of your head. Yeah. You know. And what's crazy is these are, in, in the age group of these people, this is 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds, right? Right around. Right there. around. Yeah, there. Like that's the heart of that's it. That's the heart you know, of I've, it. Yeah, I was 20, 21, whenever I was like really in the space. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess to my point is like, if that's the thought process then, I mean, there's so much more life to be had. Like there's, what's the uh, thought process going to be at 25 or 30 when they're actually, when there's serious money in the, and, and then you see in general, forget about TikTok 10, 20, 30 years ago, you know, Hollywood couples, it's almost like a joke because they're married every month. And yeah. a lot of it like is all headlines. A, a play. It's crazy. Yeah. Headlines, you know, all of that good stuff. Crazy, crazy stuff. Okay. I appreciate you answering the question on social media stunt. All right. The one of the last things I got for you is we talked a little bit. I heard the word bachelor. You haven't been on any reality TV. Would you <laughs> go on reality TV and for any bachelor nation out there? If you're single, would you make a play on the show or would you say like that's not for me? <laughs> You know, that's a great question as well. You had some great ones today. I'm not against it. I think people put too much of like, you know, and this isn't from the viewers. You, this is from the business. And I'm sure you know, like a negative outlook on people that do reality. Oh, like, now more than ever. Now oh, more than stick, ever. Especially if you're trying to get into acting. Yeah. You can't, you, reality TV, you better kiss a goodbye. You never touch. Like the two worlds don't collide. Yeah. And I, I just think it's silly. And yeah. I think that in the next, you know, the, Hollywood, a lot of the people are old. And like the people that are in power have been in power for a while and it just kind of trickles that way. I think it's starting to shift now that people have social media and people are able to make a name for themselves that were nobodies before, right? Like I'm going to be able to put together my own production, like my own production fund and produce movies and create movies without even really fucking with any of them. So I think it's going to shift and I definitely would because fuck it, why not? Yeah, I, 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 I like. I think it's stupid. Like, who cares? To like bro? put the stigma. I also think if if you're talking only dollars and cents, only money, if you take someone who has nothing and then you give that person in 2022 two years with a reality TV platform and they do well in the show, or you give them two years in acting, 
the person yeah. reality TV on average is going to 100% make more money, yep. have a bigger Guaranteed. following and have a higher chance of like creating a bigger splash because 1, that's the market now and it's harder to make it in that world. So it's interesting that there is that stigma that's so strong, especially in LA. It's like reality TV guy, don't talk Well, to me. <laughs> it's the media too, you know, because a reality yeah. star, once they're off the show, the, the show is them. Yep. And that's exactly. what, that's the only downside with acting. You kind of build a career around you with, with reality TV and some people break out, you know, as you can see you totally. like, you know, Tyler, a few people, Harry, you know, my boy, Joey, Joy, like there's people that do well out of it. It's just acting is more respected. 100%. And that's just what it comes down to. And yeah. I think one day it's going to shift. Yeah. No, you're totally right. All right. Let's go with this. Do you have a revenue goal? Like, do you have mm. 2023? I want to make $5 million, $2 million. Do you have any money targets like that? You know, what I've realized, I used to do that. And what I've become more successful with is focusing on passive income. Okay. So, you know, like I was making a lot of money here and there, sporadic, you know, random checks, you know, random deals, whatever. This year I want to make, my goal is to start off making f like 50 grand a month. 50 grand like a month? Like figuring out from how passive income, you're saying? Every month. Okay. Like no matter what, I could sit on my ass for the most part. Yep. And make 50 grand. So you want to go into January 1, 2023, having set up investments that you know for sure, if you literally don't post again, act again, you do shit, mm -hmm. you're making 50K a month from the money that you've deployed and the people you've arranged that with. Yeah, whatever that, that is. I just acquired part of a marketing company. So that's where I'm starting. Gotcha. All so right. I'm, I'm going to figure out whatever it takes, whatever investment, whatever it is to make 50 grand a month. All right. Well, maybe if you want to acquire part of a talent agency, we can help you get there too. So don't, don't forget about that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Hey, actually you mentioned Harry. I think when he came on, he said his revenue goal, I'll have to follow back up with him. I think for 2022, his revenue goal was 10 million bucks in gross revenue. Wow. So, but he also does crazy shit to get it. Like he'll, he's like, I was like, break oh, it down. Like he's yeah, like, like, yeah, well, last fans, month, yeah, whatever. I made a million off OnlyFans. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love it. All right. Last thing I got for you, what, any projects coming up? Anything uh, like secret opportunities down that you could tease for our listeners? Man, I would say one thing that I'm excited about is a movie I'm working on right now. That's called Austin. I love it. All right. We'll get your trading secret from you. Before we do, the last question I have, you got acting, you got a little bit of music, you got a whole lot of TikTok, <laughs> venture capital. I mean, the list goes on. I'm thinking to myself, I never realized how much you do have going on until I talked to you like this. How many hours a week are you working? You know, so this is, it used to be a lot. Like I would work every day, all day. Like I would barely, I don't know. I would like, even whenever I necessarily wasn't working, my mind would be working. And what I've figured out is having people like basically that you work with that run it. Got it. So it's like, you know, for VC, Marshall, my homeboy, I talk to him almost every day but he runs a lot of it. Um, it with the production and everything. I got my boy, Joey Stanton. We work together a lot, but he's pretty much the guy that goes and finds like all the scripts and like finds all of the writers and the books and the people. And then like, then my job is to get the money. So it sounds like a lot, yeah. but I'm working with people and having people with the marketing stuff. And there's already a whole team there. I'm just a part of it that helps come up with the strategies. So I figured out ways to, you know, have some well-oiled machines to where I'm just a piece of it. Got it. And I'm just helping it 
move along. And do you have someone that's auditing these people to make sure like all the dollars and cents are being put in the right place now? And yeah. Not yeah. Having yeah. To pay of course. People? Oh. You know, a little like QuickBooks and like all of that stuff. Like pretty much everything I have is like, I'm like a spreadsheet guy. So full transparency to everything now. Yeah. Fully like, you know, getting paid this for that on this day. Here's this, here's that. Haven't got paid for this. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. All right. Well, we got to wrap up with your trading secret. It's one financial, professional, investing, trading secret. You can give us career navigation, anything that can only come from Griffin Johnson can't be, you know, Googled or learned in a classroom. What would it be? I think that my biggest thing that I tell people is, you know, believe in yourself. And I, it sounds super cliche, but basically what I mean is like that gut thing. I have so many people that come up to me and they have things that they love or ideas, you know, like for instance, one guy came up to me, he wants to do fishing for his career and make content and do all that. I'm like, well, how often are you posting? I haven't posted yet. It's like, well, what are you waiting on? And I think that, you know, that fear is what holds people back. So I would just say you, you get one life and a lot of things in this world, if you're consistent and you're doing what you love, I promise that you can figure it out. You'll that. pivot, you'll find it, you'll figure it out no matter what. Even, you know, I've been scared before. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Like, you know, I'll fail. I just truly think that if you love it, yeah, you'll figure it out every single time. So I would just say to make sure that you're taking the risk. Take the risk. Trust your intuition. One follow-up question. If someone just heard your training secret, and whether it's fishing, it's yoga, it's fitness, Anything. cooking, whatever it is, and they heard you just say to that guy, you're not posting about it. And their follow-up question was, how much do I have to post about it? For a guy that has 15 million followers, trading secret, how often would you post about your trade if you're trying to make it in that trade? Okay, yeah, that's another good one. So I think about it this way. If you want to build a community, because that's what it comes down to, right? It's like, fuck how many followers you have. What's your community? I think that if you, once again, if you love it and you're doing what you like to do, you'll, there is no necessarily, there is no like uh, number of times to post. I think that you'll naturally find yourself as you get more comfortable with the camera and on screen, you'll find yourself posting more. And I think that the, the more you post, the better it is. Okay. You know, like the more you can, the more consistent and the more that you post in a day, the more the people are going to get to know you. They're going to, you know, see your day. They're going to feel like they're living with you. They're going to feel like they're there with you. They're your friend, whatever. And the more, the better. All right. The more, the better. Griffin Johnson, if people out there aren't following you, which I'd be surprised <laughs> if they aren't, but if they aren't, where can they follow up, find all your stuff? Just I'm Griffin Johnson. That's it. On every platform, I-M-G-R-I-F-F-I-N-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. And that's the consistency he tells you guys to have at home. Griffin, thank you so much for being on this episode of Trade Secrets. Ding, ding, ding. We are closing the bell to the Griffin Johnson podcast. It is the second last episode of 2022. David, what did you think? I know you were excited about having a TikTok guy. Just so you guys know back there, Evan and I were sitting back saying, what could we do to this podcast when we first started? And we're like, there's a no-brainer. We bring in David. The guy knows more pop culture and TikTok <laughs> than you and me combined. So I know you were excited about this. Griffin Johnson, what'd you think? Look, I was expecting a little bit of an LAF boy uh, to come on the pod <laughs> doing his TikTok dances. I was not expecting the nursing student from the Midwest. I think he even threw a Midwestern accent for half of that podcast uh, when he got a little comfortable with you. So what a polarized, like not anti-polarizing, I should say, what a normal human being, uh, super relatable in terms of, you know, 
coming up in the nine to five to go to college, you know, do your degree, get a $65,000 job. I was blown away by that. So before I get into anything, uh, were you expecting any of that? Was that a surprise to you? Well, I, the only, you know, the, transparently, unlike you, like I don't, I wasn't very well aware of him other than they were, he was part of that massive TikTok group. Mm-hmm. I then had him on the podcast because you suggested, and we were so lucky to have him on. And I studied kind of him up, down, left, and right. And from the little I learned just doing the research, no, that's not what I was expecting. I was expecting like kind of, you know, man, just like I was a ex- good looking dude. He's got all these followers killing all that. Like I expected like supreme arrogance. Uh, I expected a little delusion. I expected someone who was far from centered. Like this is me just being as real as I am. And what's interesting is he was the opposite of all those yes. things. He was centered. He was humble. He was well-grounded. He had great perspective. So he was smart as shit. So I was blown away to the expectation and shame on me, Griffin, if you're listening to this, I apologize. Don't judge a book by its cover. Well, I loved it too, because deep down, like I, I, I see all these TikTok guys. I know all these TikTok people. I want them to be smart. I don't want them to be these like annoying, ungrateful, like delusional people. Like this guy is a full ride academic student to the college that he was going to. He's a valid, is it valedictorian or I say valid Victorian all the time. Probably like valedictorian. A valedictorian. Uh, clearly, he's smarter than I am. So to see, to see him parlay this into success and business success and apply and and learn through it has been really cool. Obviously, going from being a nursing student to going on a meet and greet tour where girls were saying "Have my children" or whatever they say it was a direct quote <laughs> from him. I thought it was awesome. So uh, before I go into any more rants about how impressed I was with his overall demeanor, I do have some questions. You mentioned uh, stay tuned for the recap. So voice of the viewers not doing his job unless uh, we, you know I bring those up. So there's about four things. Are you ready for me to uh, to to put them on your plate? Airway, brother. Let's go. All right. Well, he, he talked about the. You guys wanted to talk about the in the recap the growth of TikTok. I think the direct quote was him when he started. He basically said having a million followers was like unheard of. Basically, you're on the Mount Rushmore if you had a million followers. This day and age, uh, I I think that you see a million followers, uh, a new million follower person come up every week. So I just want to talk about the growth of TikTok from your end and how you wanted to talk about it in the recap. Yeah, I mean let's let's just talk about it for let's talk numbers first, right? So uh, revenue, in as far as millions go, in 2017 the revenue was 63 million. 2018 for TikTok, 150 million. 2019, 350 million. 200, uh, sorry, 2020, 2.6 billion in revenue. Wow. 2021, 4.7 billion in revenue. So from 2016, uh, 17, they did 63 million in revenue. To 2021, 4.6 billion. That is in such a small sample size. Let's talk about the users. I think that's a really good um, conversation point. Like where they are then versus where they are now. 2018, if you had a million followers, you had almost 1% of the entire TikTok group following you. Because only 133 million users were in 2018. In 2019, there's 381 million users. 2020, when I joined, 700 million users. 2021, 902 million users. And in 2022, uh, this is only up to quarter two of 2022. So quarter two ends uh, in June. There are 1.5 billion 
users. And this is the fastest growing app and the number one app out there now. So a uh, little stats on TikTok. Before we go to the next, you know, just the entire like podcast, just TikTok. I just dropped a lot. I mean, what do you what are you thinking? How do you use TikTok? I use, I'm a consumer. I'm the complete degenerate consumer of the app. I think it's genius in the sense like I think it's the most undefeated algorithm that there is. If you want to learn more about something or you're interested about something, boy, oh boy, are you going to get it in spades? Like I think someone's TikTok algorithm speaks volumes about who they are and what they're interested in. Um, I think the fact that it's the first app of endless scrolling is you know genius from the app sense. I think it's incredible. Uh, question for you. I got three really rapid fire questions about TikTok. One, have you made any money off TikTok? And if just say yes or no, because if it's yes, we'll get into it. And Jason tell all next week, everybody. Yes, next week is Jason tells all. So bring that question. I will, and I will answer it. But yes, I've made money off it. Okay, something I probably should know. Finance podcast is TikTok a publicly traded company or is it privately owned? No, it's privately owned, and that's a very deep conversation because it's owned by. Uh, I believe the group's called ByteDance out of um, China. Yes. And there, let's just say there's a ton of controversy around that. A lot yes. of the controversy stems around the information they have and how it's being used. And another yes. big thing about ByteDance is they have extreme regulations. So it's a China-based app, right? They have extreme regulations on the Chinese population and specifically the kids. They can only be on the app for a certain amount of time per day. I believe it's 40 minutes. And the interesting thing is like they're pumping out an algorithm with information that no one else has done. So while their kids are limited to usage, the rest of the world is being consumed in this app. And so you can imagine with that, with parenting and what are kids seeing and is there manipulation and all these things, there's a whole rabbit hole, but this is rapid fire. So I'll pause there. No, and it's super interesting. And I heard that even though their time is limited, the content that they pump out is strictly educational. Like it's about the education of the government system of the, like the, the, the economy. Like it's not watching people dance for 40 minutes or cooking recipes. Like it's purely strategic from the government. So it is that's it is a deeper conversation. I have to share this too, because every time this I saw this on TikTok. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you say million you said, you know, talking about the growth, millions into billions, and we talked, you know, users and dollars. Everyone I feel like has a hard time understanding the difference between a million and a billion. And I saw this on TikTok and this hit me and I'm very curious. How many over time, so in days or years, how many days or years do you think a million seconds is? Oh my god! I never, I've never done that. Like, um, I guess a million. A, I don't know. A, a few years. A million seconds is eleven days. Wait, what? How many time frame? Do you 60, think a billion, oh, I was doing sixty times twenty-four. No, sixty how, how, times. Okay. 60 times so a million seconds is eleven days. Okay. How many time frame is a billion seconds? A billion has got to be. Um, uh, 122 days. 31 years. That is the oh, difference between a million and a billion. If you're trying to put in perspective, a million dollars to a billion dollars, a million users to a billion users, a million of anything to a billion of anything, that for me was the most that was so stupid. Shit. It'd be, a, yeah, 11 days times a thousand, right? I just think, I think, wait, how many a billion seconds is how many? 31 years and a million seconds is 11 days. That shows you the drastic contrast between how much greater 
a billion is than a million. I digress. I love analogies and that's a great, great way to put things in perspective. <laughs> uh, the last way. thing I want to say while we're on the topic of all this TikTok stuff. So it's not... It's, it's important because there's a lot of people that get confused by this. It's not the number one app with the most amount of users. That is still Facebook at 2.9 billion. Then YouTube at 2.6 billion. Then WhatsApp at 2.4. Then Instagram at 2.3. TikTok is then the one under that at 1.5. But in 2021, this is the really important part. It was the number one most downloaded app. So its growth is outpacing those. And so um, the number one downloaded app was TikTok. The number two was Instagram, three, Snapchat, and four, the Cash App of all things. So uh, just like fascinating facts on, on the growth of it. And when you look at the demographic of it in 2021, I'm not going to quiz you. I'm just going to give it to you. 10, ages 10 to 19, 28% of the entire demographic. 20 to 29, 35%. 30 to 39, David and I, 8 Fourteen percent, forty to forty-nine, sixteen point three, and forty-nine plus is two point seven. So when you look at the analytics of people from Bachelor struggling a little bit, especially OG Bachelor people on TikTok, it's because our demographic is not aligned with the demographic uh, that makes up majority of TikTok. No, I mean those are all hard-hitting, great facts. We're running out of time, so I'm I'm not too much out of time, but we're running shorter on time. I'm going to give you uh, a rapid fire here. Uh, we talked about you wanted to recap what a VC fund is. I'm going to try and nail it. And if I'm right, we can move on. Done. All right. Because I think I've asked this before. A venture capital fund is when you start a fund, you go out, you get, you raise a lot of money, a lot of capital. And through that capital, you start investing in different things through that fund. People who invested in the fund get certain uh, equity and ownership of the ventures that you start. Yep, exactly. You nailed, nailed it. it. You create a fund, you get a bunch of people. Uh, sometimes your fund could just be institutions like big businesses, corporations that have to put in place. Could be very wealthy people. It could be just people of influence. Get the fund, you go out, and then you uh, go talk to small startups. And then you try and write a check to the startup. Perfect example right now is Liquid Death. Liquid Death, you know, are you familiar? Yep, water. Okay, so Li Liquid Death is water built on literally just branding. Uh, it's canned water. They started in 2019. So when they started, they needed funds. They still are raising more funds. Venture capital will go write a check. And then they get paid massively. Because right now, that water can company, it started 3 years ago, is now valued close to a billion dollars. Billion. 31 years and seconds. Uh, talent X. <laughs> you want to talk about Talent X at all? Or do you want to move on? They told me to yeah, read it. I think in general, it's just it's just important to know it's a marketing uh, marketing and media company. They build businesses around people. Uh, Mike Gruen was on the podcast. He used to be involved with um, Griffin and Josh. There was a big falling out. He went one way, they went the other, and um, you know there's a lot of like controversy and controversy and rumors around it. But at the end of the day, it's uh, it is what it is. And um, yeah, I, I talked to someone who talked to Mark Cuban and that Mark Cuban met and knows Michael really well. Michael Gruen is a genius networker. Genius. And Mark Cuban said, that kid knows what he's talking about. So um, just to, you know, obviously for a guy like that to be saying that um, speaks volumes to his... For at least the little bit, his business acumen. Do you want to go over the uh, recap of Magic Spoon Cereal? Uh, 
just a little thing about Magic Spoon. I ended up getting an opportunity to get in Magic Spoon from a venture capital company. Okay. Uh, and Magic Spoon has done extremely well. When I got offered to get in, it was well after Griffin got offered to get in. So Griffin got in earlier. And one of the big reasons I passed is I went to Target. And I just looked at it against other cereals. And I looked at the price point, And it was like almost double the price. I was like, I don't know. I just don't know if this is going to make it the long run getting this late to the investment. Although it's like one of the third fastest growing uh, cereal SKUs out there. So interesting. But that's, the, that's the cereal that has like shockingly low um, sugar and carbs, right? Yep. It like supposed to taste really good and has like really good nutritional facts. I've had it. Would you? I never had it. What'd you think? Depending on the flavor, some of the flavors are unedible and some of the flavors are like, okay, this feels like I'm eating cereal. So yeah, I mean, there's a reason they've grown so fast and it has to be part of the reason has to be that the product is solid. So yeah, I'm sure that's interesting. Definitely serves a purpose. He said he equity, he uh, sold off a small piece of his equity deal, made six figures on it, hundred K. So that's, you know, probably over a million dollars that he's got cooking in there. One really interesting thing he brought up was uh, social media stunts. He was talking about some of the TikTokers and uh, some of the relationships were more social media stunts. I wish he was saying names. I was looking for some tea. I didn't get it. I'm curious, have you ever done a social media stunt? And if not, have you ever, is there anyone in Bachelor Nation or anyone that, you know, you can maybe shed some light on a stunt that you may know of in your influencer world there, Jason? Brain's moving 100 miles an hour. Have I done a social media stunt? I feel like you haven't because I, I would have called you out on it. Being I, like, this say, is fake I don't as think, fuck. I'm thinking hard. I don't think I have. No, I don't think I have. Yeah, I haven't. If I could think of what, no, I just haven't. I don't think I have. The only thing that just immediately came to mind, the two things. One, when Lo and I recorded our reactions to Caitlin winning, like some people would be like, oh, it's a stunt. But all we did was put the camera up and that was just pure reaction. There was no planning, no nothing. That was one. Another one, people are like, oh, was that a stunt? And it was when I was at the Super Bowl and there's a guy streaking. And I just took a video of the guy because I was like, had a really good seat at the Super Bowl in 2020. And they don't show that stuff. So I put that, I like take the video, I immediately put it to TikTok. And I even thought to myself, like, this guy's stupid. Should I post this? <laughs> eh, screw it. And both of those things, I was like, eh, should I post them or is this embarrassing? And I just said it, screw it. And they both went like crazy viral. So no, but to, let's go back to Bachelor. I think a lot of people in Bachelor Nation do stunts. I mean, there's plenty of them. Um, I'll say this, 98% of any time you see anybody from Bachelor uh, with paparazzi, it's planned. I was, oh, I was asked, oh, I'll give you this. <laughs> I was asked when all the Colton stuff happened, like when Colton came out, TMZ called and texted me saying, Hey, can we meet you? We want to do an interview with you. We'll set it up like it's like paparazzi's in the parking lot, uh, wherever you are. And I ended up declining that. So you, I said no to that. You did show me that text message. I remember that. That's just wild. People who call the paparazzi yeah. in themselves. <laughs> I've been watching that uh, Harry and uh, Megan documentary on Netflix, and like that's paparazzi. Like that's, that's real. True. Like, yeah, that's, that Justin that's Bieber's so of the world. That's real but, paparazzi. That's real too. But even some of the Kim Kardashian paparazzi stuffs all staged. Like, mm -hmm. hey, she'll be here. Make sure there's you know because the image it, cre it puts someone on such a pedestal when there's all these people there. Yeah. Uh, I will say like there's definitely real some real paparazzi, and like I think like you know when. Hannah Brown and Tyler, right? When they were dating and then Tyler went to go see Gigi and then Tyler mm -hmm. gets like seen at Hannah's. I think that was real. And there was one time Caitlin and I 
when we just started first dating, we were on today's show and we came out and there was someone there and that was not planned by either of us. So I don't know. I think sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Good to know. Paparazzi. Yeah. Not always, not always, don't always believe what you see, people. Last question I got for you. Uh, he talked about in the venture capital firm um, startup and meeting all these people and, and trying to get them to invest in his fund. He talked about the relationships and the deals that he's got just from networking outside, you know, kind of side things that um, just from meeting these people. You always talk about, you know, how the podcast, one of the greatest things is really opened up networking. It's great to have people on the pod and hear their stories, but what happens behind the scenes and after is just sometimes more fascinating. Do you have any hard concrete stories that you could tell us about deals that you've done on the side or for people or people that you've hired on the talent agency that you met on the podcast? I will I will do a deeper dive on Jason Telzall. Love it. But there's definitely like I'm trying to meet with about one founder, I would say, a week for new companies to look to invest in. And I would say almost every introduction that I've gotten to a founder has been from someone that's come on the podcast or someone from Bachelor Nation, which is crazy. Um, and then I would say we represent... This is just a little tease. A lot of people that come on the show, we then get the opportunity to pitch them for deals. So what I'll do in Jason Tells All... Uh, because obviously, confidentiality, there's only so much I could tell. But I will at least tell uh, how many people we've actually done deals with since they've been on. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Jason tells all. Love it. Love it. Well, uh, we're running out of time. Some things I have to say, if you're listening and you hope I brought it up, we have to get someone from the music industry on. You know, We're almost two, two seasons in. We haven't really got anyone deep in the music industry. You talk, He said, it's the most, quote unquote, the most ruthless industry I've ever seen ever. Four million streams, zero dollars paid. I thought that was really interesting. And just overall, like him kind of squirming in his chair, talking about money and having to say, hey, like had to explain himself that he's not trying to be egotistical. He's just trying to be transparent. He talked about financial literacy. Uh, makes me feel really, really good about what we're doing here. So I thought it was a great episode from our uh, farm boy turned TikToker. I love it. We talked to a, I just recently talked to a guy that is an ultra high net worth. Uh, wealth advisor. Uh, his name is Benji out of Nashville. So they work with the wealthiest of the wealthiest. And I was telling him a little bit about this episode. And he's like, yeah, that's one of like our big discussion topics is like, we have to start connecting with the next generation mm-hmm. and those that are leading the generation. And it's people just like Griffin. So Griffin, congratulations on everything you've accomplished. This has been an unbelievable episode. Next week is Jason Tells All. This is where I'm in the hot seat and David grills me. So you'll have to tune into that. Don't forget to give us 5 stars, please, in Apple Reviews. And thank you for tuning into another episode of Trading Secrets. Let me tell you what. If you didn't think that this was one you could afford to miss, I promise you next week won't be. And then we go into January where every show has a theme. Build your wealth, better your health. We will see you next week. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Trade Secrets, one you can't afford to miss. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.